Okay, welcome to the VRL USA podcast. It's Alan. I'm here with Jamie. Good late afternoon where you are, right? <laughs> Good morning. Yeah, it's, it's the end of the work day here, so um, uh, that's, that's a nice feeling, but yeah, good morning to you. <laughs> yes, thank you. And uh, so, wow, quite a, what a week um, for VRL. Um, the, uh, let's start by talking about the Juventus match and, and everything, because I think that's, we certainly don't want to lose track of that um, and the draw of it, and then look ahead to the next round without celebrating what we did to get here. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was quite an achievement for, for, uh, Villarreal. It's the first time we've been in the, in the final eight of the champions league since what, 2008, 2009, 2007, 2008, something like that. When, when Arsenal put us out and, um, I think a lot of us barely knew, um, a Villarreal at all at that point. I mean, they had, they were, um, it was a long time ago. <laughs> so, yeah, it certainly feels it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, t- so uh, your reaction to the match and what was it like? Uh, you know, what 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 was it like you, you, in being in Spain when it was going on? Yeah, pretty quiet where I was actually. Um, not sort of in the in the catchment area. If you're like a Villarreal fan, so it's kind of. Actually went to just a local kind of cafe and watched it in a kind of shopping centre on a big screen and just enjoyed it on on my own with my wife. Oh, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, great. Quite where I was, I was I was the I was the one elated fan in a very quiet place. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but for me, you know, and everyone else connected to Villarreal, I mean, what an incredible win! And, and you mentioned it there, what an incredible achievement for this club once again to find the odds um, as as a Super League would like to think Villarreal have absolutely no right competing with. Juventus, let alone beating them on their own backyard, and and not just beating them, but you know, I know, I know, Villarreal rolled their luck a little bit um, for the first half, but by the final, by the time the full time whistle goes, you know, Villarreal pretty much destroyed Juventus, and and you know, when you when you look at when De Ligt kind of conceded that late penalty, Juventus players are shrugging their shoulders, they're barely following in for the penalty, they're just giving up, and my goodness, can, can you believe Villarreal put Juventus in that position? I know it was um, the uh, first half. Sure, I mean, uh, you uh, really had a couple of great saves. I had the one shot off the off the bar um, for Juventus, but um, it was really, I think, getting into the break still nil nil was a real key because it seemed within about. I don't know, within about 10, when I was watching the second half replay, because I didn't get to see it live, um, it seemed like almost about after 10 minutes of the second half, Juventus's shoulders started to drop. Um, and it just didn't seem like they, uh, there was never a plan B that they went to that really put us under a lot of pressure. I think I remember one brief flurry of from Rabio where he sort of um, created a little danger and there was maybe one quick move from um, down the right from Quadrado, but mostly it was sort of the kind of side-to-side, slow, deliberate build-up that we've criticized our own team for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting kind of, you mentioned the kind of game to half-time level on terms and only Emery spoken about this since it's just the game plan was really just to have patience and then 
you know, it's, it's almost like an age, an age-old rule um, of the underdog. And I think you saw it on the on Ted Lasso's show. I think was when I saw it as well. Um, but he's, when every team has this moment, if they're a favourite and they just can't break the door down, this this one moment in the game where we they kind of get a bit down on themselves. The fans start again on that team's back because they haven't scored already, and that was the, that felt like that was the plan for Villarreal to have patience to to ride the storm. And if you get to a certain moment, it's, it's that moment. And the moment in this game was certainly when Unai Emery clicked his fingers and signalled Gerard Moreno on off the bench. That was the moment he recognised. Right, this is Juventus at the weakest. They've almost not given up, but they feel a bit defeated from from the. 60 or 70 minutes that have come before all the frustration this is a moment to try and stun them mm-hmm. uh, at the other mm-hmm. end and um, well you know we've, we've, this, this sort of plan has worked so much against these big teams not just for Villarreal but for underdogs in the past every team has this moment if they do, if they can't break the door down of course the key is getting to that point still nil nil because always the risk that you you're already out of sight they already they get the goal and, and things go the wrong way but if you can be solid enough at the back, if you if you have a performance like Rudy did in goals, you have that moment to to go and, and surprise on the break, um, and and everything played out perfectly. On comes Gerard Moreno, completely changes the game. Right, I think the um, and of course Benfica also progressed by in, in some degree doing that, although their their goal um, came off a came off a set piece, I guess, but. But yeah, it is something that when you're when you are uh, especially playing the second leg um, away and knowing that you need a win to progress, you do often have to invite the other team to come at you, and the yeah. the risk you run is is that you aren't able to to uh, keep them from scoring, and and if if they get a, a goal or two, then it's then it becomes that much harder for you. Um, but I thought the the British commentators were were talking a lot, like reminded them of Muhammad Ali and his rope dope type thing, where he would, where you know he would um, he would end up, uh, you know, essentially letting his his opponent tire himself out and uh, then yeah. then move in for the kill. And that was and yeah, I mean when you heard the Juventus fans whistling their their team <laughs> when it was when they were sort of being ineffectual, that was a that was a good time. And I think the the introduction of Gerard was just emotionally huge for us, but it also meant that the substitution of Coquelin for um Trigueros, Coquelin was was then able to overlap more with uh, you know with Gerard um, once he was in there as of as as opposed to um, to uh, uh, Lacelso. So it 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 was an interesting set of substitutions, and I thought it was really interesting also that when um, Chukwueze came on, I mean he immediately took a guy you know started taking players on in a way that we hadn't really tried to do that before. Jeremy was much more defensive-minded on the night. Yeah, and I think, I think he had to be probably. That was probably part of the game plan. I think we all mm-hmm. know that Jeremy yeah. protects his fallback far better than, than Chukwesi does. And I think Emery recognised that in that first sort of hour, really, 60 minutes, yeah, that, um, that they were going to need to do that. I think probably starting Chukwesi in a game that Juventus were always going to dominate early on, um, Juventus, the team coming into this game that 
that were expected to get the goal, expected to get the winner, almost like Villarreal were in the first leg. Mm-hmm. And so you've got you've got to put you know you've got to select your players based on that. And Jeremy protects his fullback very well. He's brilliant positionally. One of my favourite things about him as a winger. And then like you say, when that moment comes when when the whistling starts and you bring on Chiquizzi to run up people and especially off the bench, um, his pace alone, whether he's playing for a full game or not, is 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 strong enough. But his pace off the bench against a full back that's already already been playing for an hour is is very difficult to handle. And, and, when, and the thing is, you know, whether it comes off or not at that point, it's just creating that right impression, the right feeling, gives the rest of the team a bit of impetus to go and mm-hmm. go and attack. Um, and it's just that, yeah, it's just that confidence, isn't it, to go and attack? And then he gives you that because he's, he's a little bit fearless, which kind of haunts him, kind of keeps him back sometimes because, you know, only Emery is a little bit conservative and I think in some ways that harms to crazy chances of playing but in, in, in games like these when, when, you, when you hit that hour mark and suddenly there's nothing to lose, you know, he's he's a brilliant player to bring off the bench and a mm-hmm. very talented player as well. Yeah, he really is. And and, I, and he has gotten better at, uh, he, he's much less um, one-dimensional than he used to be in terms of not being willing to, try to play any defense at all but he but he is definitely um somebody who is going to leave your, his fullback more exposed than than Jeremy what i thought what i found amusing was just watching how how much of the match we we actually were playing five at the back i mean Jeremy was like over beside Arie <laughs> for for a lot of it um and even Samu when he first came in and and Juventus were um, had the ball in our in our half. I was like, wow, I've never seen never seen him play that deep. I think the I think that was the only real drawback to the to the um, uh, to the to the plan that that uh, Emery had was I suspect he was hoping to be able to push Juventus back a little bit more than than we were able to do because we really had virtually nothing to offer in counterattack because we were getting the ball so deep that Trigueros especially, I mean, he's he's somebody who if you get him in the attacking, in the opposition half, even fairly close to the halfway line, he can make some really nice passes. But when you're getting the ball just outside your own penalty area, it's, you're, it's really hard to start a break from there. And I think that was the only real... Um, disappointment was that we weren't able to do more of that but but my goodness once once uh, Gerard came on and it just felt like Juventus um just collapsed there but I mean not just the penalty at, at the end as you say where everybody was just sort of like okay fine we'll go ahead and score it's gone it's gone out of here but I mean the second goal the marking was just horrendous on the, on um not that I'm complaining but <laughs> you know <laughs> Can you can you imagine Emery if if uh, if if we were marking like that? Yeah, no, it was it was poor from Juventus, and, and uh, yeah, just to touch on the previous point as well first about the the kind of breakaway. I think that was a concern, and like you say, Mandragoras is, is a very special player, but not someone who kind of drives with the ball, or at least not at this stage of his career, driving with the ball through midfield, through through kind of defenders in front of him. Um, obviously, Giovanni Loselso is much more that player, but really the lack of reference point cost Villarreal in terms of that breakaway. I thought, mm-hmm. um, and that plan might might even have worked. The problem is you get to that kind of final third and just so spread out at that point. Um, you know, you kind of have the Celso on the ball and then. Dan Juma pulled one side wide, another player 
you know, but then three, three, four defenders in between, just way too spread out to find options. And then mm-hmm. like you saw Lascelles so shoot it from range was really only real option that he had at times. And yeah, I think if you have Gerard Moreno, that plan works a lot better because you can just give him the ball and he'll just carry it and keep defenders off him long mm-hmm. enough to to create options. Or he's one of the most underrated parts of his game is he can fight. He's he's a brilliant passer of the ball and he can find the balls wide much better than Dan Juma can from a cent- central position. So. Yeah, I think it's kind of product of that, and it's an ongoing bugbear of mine that Brady is not getting the chance to do that. I think even if he did it poorly, he'd probably do it better than Dan Juma does. Not to criticise Dan Juma, he's a brilliant wide player, but I, I do think he's a wide player. Um, but yeah, that's something to address, but maybe not so now that we've got Gerard Moreno back into the fold. And and yeah, like you say, just to go on the, the other point you made about the marking, yeah, absolutely poor from Juventus. That, that first touch of the front post kind of creates the goal, doesn't it? And Mm-hmm. If you can get the flick on the front post, it so often does disturb markers um, and kind of kind of messes everything up from a marking standpoint. Um, but yeah, you know who's complaining? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not us. So um, so then we had the so so we're you know we eliminate Juventus. Now we have the draw for the for the uh, next round and. Uh, yeah, Bayern Munich. Well, <laughs> what can you say? It's yeah, uh, not the, not the draw the view I would have wanted if they're thinking of progression. Uh, but there are two sides to look at this. I think certainly in terms of progression, you probably want Benfica, and I would argue that um, drawing Atletico Madrid or Real Madrid would have been a decent idea, given the way Villarreal have already frustrated them this season and. Just kind of that familiarity would have helped certainly more than say playing on the Champions League sides, uh, Premier League sides rather. But this one was the one in terms of progression that I would have feared the most. I think uh, we saw Bayern Munich tear apart Salzburg in the last round, um, eight goals over two legs, obviously seven of those in the second leg. Um, and just looking at the Bundesliga table, they're probably on course to score hundred goals this year. So. Yeah, yeah, not not ideal in terms of progression, but you have to look at this the other way as well. And that Villarreal got nothing to lose here because they were never expecting to reach the quarterfinals. To put this into perspective, this is this is Barcelona's aim each year is to reach a quarterfinal from a financial perspective. And Villarreal have earned something like forty five million euros from getting to the stage. It's an incredible achievement. It'll likely get Unai Emery a new contract if he wants one. They puts all the league worries aside for now, obviously we need to kind of get in our top six, but it takes the pressure off, I think, in terms of Emery's position, kind of mm-hmm. not falling away from the top four, um, having kind of that being the loose aim coming into the season. But yeah, it's a fantastic reward for for, for the efforts in the Champions League so far. Uh, Bayern Munich is such a big club coming to town. Another reminder that Villarreal are way out of their depth, but absolutely loving it. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a free shot, isn't it? Because... You know, if you go out here, even if you go out and lose 4 0 over aggregate, there's absolutely no shame in it. This is an incredible achievement. And to see Villarreal's name along those other seven teams, albeit of Benfica, surprise a few as well, it's just incredible itself. It is. I think there's, there's always something about watching the uh, selection of the, the draw and seeing, you know, Marco Senna sitting there. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you know, it, you, you always wonder what the. Uh, what the other, what the representatives of the other clubs are thinking is like, oh, him again, you know, <laughs> how, how are they here? <laughs> it's, it, you know, you have to, you have to enjoy that because it's, because it's, it's, yeah, you're not expected to go through, um, you're under, 
you know, you're under no pressure if you if you're you're playing with house money, so to speak. Um, but you do know. I mean, it's it's like uh, we've we saw in the Europa League last year, and like um, well, the draw. I think the difference is the draw the drawing Juventus um, and Man United and Arsenal in the Europa League last year. It felt like, yeah, okay, it's a, it's a, we have a chance. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the odds are sixty forty um, in the other way, but you can overcome that. Here, the odds are a little more, like seventy seventy five percent that Bayern goes through. But you know, Unai Emery is the man with the plan, and uh, <laughs> we, you know, that's that's all. Uh, you know, certainly in terms of the of the squads and the. Um, uh, you know, and everything you you look on paper, and and Bayern should win, but you have to play the game, and that's the whole point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Emery is a. Uh, I know he's got some bad history as well, but certainly proven over the majority of his of his um, European career that he's he's a master of knockout ties, and um, and this is another chance to show that. And I, I don't, yeah, sitting here reasonably thinking, like you say, of course. Bayern Munich are going to win this game um, if you had to make a prediction, but you know what? Either way it goes, I just, I just will say that Vida. I just think they'll keep it tight, and that, that's that is what what you do in the circumstance. You are the underdog, and I do think the Vida will make it difficult for Bayern Munich, even if they do win. Um, mm-hmm. Even if mm-hmm. Bayern do win, I think it'll be a relatively close tie. I can't see them winning more than two goals over aggregate, and I just think that's the way Villarreal play. Um, and I think yeah, that gives that that'll always give them a chance rather than a team that plays very openly. I think so. Um, it's an exciting one to look forward to, and, and like we keep saying, there's nothing to lose here. So um, all all fans want to see is is the same effort they've seen in the previous rounds. They get a chance to see some some more brilliant and, and mm-hmm. world class players at the Stadio della Ceramica. And yeah, what a brilliant moment for this club. Right, it, and it is it is it is astonishing and. It will be if if we do have Gerard available. If we do have a, you know, if if we're in decent shape physically, um, as far as as far as who's available, I think, yeah, I I, I think you're probably right on the on the overall um, perspective. But I bet you will have some highlights to, to remember for a long time, even if we do go out. And that's and that's the way it is. I mean, generally, Villarreal's all-time record against German clubs is pretty good. I think it's eight four and four. It's just that two of those losses are to Bayern, and we haven't. <laughs> and that was back in 2011, and we haven't played them since. Um, so, you know, it, sure, on paper it looks like it looks like a, a tie that they should they should win, but um, the pressure will all be on them. And uh, I have to confess, I was actually, while I was hoping for a draw, you know, drawing Benfica, in some ways, that's also, that also creates more pressure on you because you're feeling, well, that's a tie that we, that's actually the one club that we had been drawn against, we, we would be favored. Um, And I was kind of hoping that we would draw either um, Man City or Liverpool, just because there was such a discussion going on in our in our writers group about the relative merits of each and which we would play better against. So I'm kind of oh, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get one of those two. 
Well, maybe, maybe the next round if we get obviously beat by and then the Liverpool await. So, yeah. you know, like you say, though, either way, you know, either way, if they draw Benfica in this round and you, that creates pressure in itself. But if you go and beat them and you, you still have to beat one of these big sides to get to the final. So yeah. either way, you know, it, it, it all pans out. But yeah, this is it's about as tricky as it could have got. But maybe there's some merit in that. As well. Maybe some, some, some silver lines to take from that, like you say, as well. Yep, yep. I think the only real um, disappointment is in terms of, I mean, in terms of progression, which you can't count on anyway, of course. But I think that you would like to have, you would like to be in against a club, and I think this is why drawing Atleti, for example, might have been good because that one um, would probably look a little more even on paper um, than than. Uh, than this does, but hey, you know, I'm sure we've got a little time to prepare and we've got a little time to focus on it. Um, and Emery, we know, is nothing if not prepared. I was, uh, did you see the interview in French with uh, Capou and um, and Aurier where they were being interviewed in French? And and uh, Capou said, Well, you know, on avait un plan, you know, we had a plan. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, it, it you know we know we know that Emery will will uh, will will be prepared um, for for he will have a plan to execute against Bayern whether or not it will work as well as against Juventus who knows. Um, but the other thing is we still have to turn our attention back to the league. I mean it's it's, it's true we we probably are not going to finish in the top four unless there's a real collapse. Um, up there, regardless of how we do, but we, but fifth and sixth, they're definitely attainable, and we need to start putting away some of these um, clubs that park the bus against us. I think. Yeah, this week will be good. Good measure of that against Cadiz side, who've been pretty improved of late. I think they've lost one in the last five. I think um, uh, so. On a good run, um, starting to. Give themselves a bit of hope in terms of safety. I think, like, like you said, you've got to take care of business in La Liga. I think Unai Emery said today that it's all well and good to celebrate the Champions League, but you've got to remember how how they kind of obtained that and even get into the Europa League and to win that. That all came from La Liga, so mm-hmm. you've got to take, take care of business there. Top four race, looking, like you say, is looking a little bit difficult. Um, I won't count Villarreal out based on the form they're on. Certainly to make it close, but it's going to be tough. I think Barcelona are out, out of sight. Just look at the table now. Barcelona are out of sight, I think, given their form. Mm-hmm. Um, severe, too far ahead. So it's just Atletico Madrid, isn't it? Who have been inconsistent, but themselves are starting to improve a little. So, But I do think um, the Villarreal finished in top six. I think Real Sociedad had a, a drop in like a stone in terms. I know they picked up form a little bit of late, but they're just too inconsistent. Um, Mikel Oriarzabal is out now for the season. Um, yeah, yeah I think loss. Real Betis is dropping a little bit as well, so certainly a chance to get fifth or sixth, and and that mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's there's disappointment in that in terms of coming into the season, Villarreal probably had a squad good enough to challenge for top four. It's disappointing a little bit that that race isn't closer, but when you look at the fact you know, Gerard Moreno started like what twelve games in La Liga this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Villarreal is still a top four team without Moreno, so. If you factor that in, it's probably relatively realistic. Even if we are probably a little bit off the par, the, even without Moreno, probably. But that pro- I think that'll even up between now and the end of the season, and that starts with with a, a tough nut to crack in Cardiff, based on the last few games, mm-hmm. uh, evidence from the last few games. Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a, a tough one. 
Right. I think I think we we seem to have um, we have not played well against clubs that have tried to to play the way that I expect they will. Um, although it seems as though I don't know for some reason Osasuna seems to be the club that we struggle the most against. I I still don't know quite why, <laughs> but um, but you know since Chimi Avila is not playing for Cadiz, maybe we have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe so. So, um, yeah, so so you'll be able to see the um, the the Bayern match at the Ceramica, right? You're you're you'll be in town for that. Yeah, thankfully, um, I'm, I'm away for the second leg. I'm actually I'm going on honeymoon to uh, to the states where well East Coast, but um, the least the country where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always knew I knew I'd miss the second leg. So I was hoping selfishly, even though it's probably better for Villarreal to be home in the second leg. Um, to be home in the first, and, and thankfully they are, and I'll be on the train to Madrid then ahead of travelling to to catch the um, the second leg on TV. So uh-huh. yeah, one to enjoy. Yeah, well, you've got a lot of things to look forward to. Mm. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, if it, you know, in the event that Villarreal do eliminate Bayern, you will you will definitely remember your honeymoon for for that reason, if nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I was also hoping that the uh, the second leg wasn't because I'm, I'm actually flying the next day, so it could have been on the way. If it was on, the, if I, if it was the day after, it would have been kind of kicking off within the hour after landing, and that's not the kind of sweating over the second leg score. It's not the way you want to start a honeymoon. So I was hoping that <laughs> it would be the day before, and thankfully, I've been blessed. It is. It is. It is actually going to be that well, day. Well, yeah. that, well, that sounds great. Um... <laughs> Okay, so any any last thoughts um, as we as we wrap it up here on on uh, an eventful week? Um, I just I just want to point a little bit to the to the fixture list and kind of a little bit. You know, this is the last game before the international break, and what a feeling! Like you know, if, if Villarreal can win against Cardiff this weekend and a, a result or two go their way, um, especially without Glasgow this weekend as well, it'd be some some. Some feeling, wouldn't it, to go into the international break um, on the back of these two wins, um, the Juventus win and then Cardiff, and then you come back against Levante, um, a chance to get a win there against a struggling side, and then the buying game, and then things get really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. Just look at the last fixtures. you got the Valencia derby, you got um, Athletic Club to play, and then three of the last four games are against Sevilla, Real Sociedad and Barcelona. So if, if Villarreal can stay in the hunt um, until those last four or five games, they might end up albeit difficult, or they might end up with, with their fate in their own hands as far as the top mm-hmm. four race goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and the Athletic Club match is the one that's sandwiched between the two um, Bayern matches, as I recall, which is, um, yeah, that's it, right, it is yeah. at the Ceramica, though, which is which is good. Um, you know, the Athletic Club tend to have much better form at home than than away, but, but uh, that's one that I... Um, I think is going to be key for us to to pick up points there too. So, it it's um, the fixture list is is uh, getting down there, and it's it's uh, astonishing, really. The, I guess the other thing I would say is after everything that's happened over the last couple of years, it's you know the, the fact that we're now we've gotten most of the way through the league, and we're looking at at uh, just a you know fairly small number of games remaining. They've been able to get them all in. That's tremendous. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I was just looking. At, I think that'll be changed. The athletic claim at the moment is only two days before the buying game, but I, I suspect La Liga will move that forward 
um, um, would think they yeah, would. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed, anyway. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, thanks, Jamie. It's been great talking to you, and uh, wish you all the best. And we'll um, be back in touch. I'm sure during the international break, we'll be looking for things to talk about, and and hopefully we can we can indeed reflect on a on the second win this week. Yeah, pleasure as always. And to any Vidal fans listening, get yourself a beer and keep celebrating that brilliant win. Absolutely. All right. So for Jamie, this is Alan saying, end of Villarreal and enjoy your cerveza. <laughs> <laughs>